This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. Well, listen, we started the year, I think, in a great way. If you don't mind me saying, we've been focusing in the things that are important for our life, for our Christian walk, and I hope that you have done that too. You have joined us as we began the year together. Um, some of you are new, some of you are just guests coming in today, so we want to bring you up to speed of how we started the year together here in university. And the number one thing that we did, we've been doing about, I love my church. You guys remember that? Let me pull this away so I can have a place to walk around. Is that the popping that you were talking about? Okay. Um, we started the year by talking about loving the church, amen? How many of you really love your church? Amen? Raise your hands, amen. And we're not just talking about this community, but you know the beautiful thing about Seventh-day Adventist Church is that beyond this local community, which is the first one, the first community that you got to love, amen? I mean, that's where we start, right? You start in your own house. And then you got to be part, love to be part of this global community. Can you say amen for that? See, because regardless of how you feel, maybe they're, yeah, that is <laughs> popping, I guess. Um, maybe, um, is that bothering you guys, the pop? If it does, let me know. We just changed uh, the mic. But the beautiful thing about the Seventh Adventist Church is that we not only part of this local community. Um, yeah, I think we're going to change this, right? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> right? One, two, three, test. There you go. Okay. I know, I know. Only pastor will think about that, right? <laughs> I'm just, just messing with you. Um, listen, so, so we started the year by talking about loving the church, and we, the Seventh-day Adventist Church is not just a local community, but a global community. So it doesn't matter if you belong to, uh, by the way, we have 209 members in this church, in the books, which is the reality in a lot of churches. Let me tell you, not just Seventh-day Adventist, but any denominational denomination, there's actually more members on the roster than they are members actually coming to the church. Most churches are. That's just the reality in the Christian world in North America, not in the developing countries, just in North America. I wonder why. Well, we could get into that, but I'm going to be sidetracked, so I'm not going to get into that. What I want to tell you is that 209 members in this church, right, in the roster, we are probably having about an attendance of about 100 people weekly, average, in and now. And would you know that a lot of you who make your way here are actually guests that come back. So in average, and this is the reality, we have about maybe 30 to 30 to 40 members of the church that actually make it weekly. Put that in perspective. But regardless of that, regardless of that reality, we are not only members of this church, but we're members of the global community of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Amen? And I don't know, does that do something for you? Can you say amen to that? Does that make you feel like... Um, part of, of God's greater plan, amen? I think it does add for a church, for a local community like ours. It ask, uh, adds a perspective that no other church has. For example, some of not too far, there are churches that have over 2,000 attending that weekend, right? Some of the churches have 20,000, uh, well, five to 10,000. Some of the biggest Baptist church out in the west side of Orlando, I don't know, it's a huge place. Um, but for the that's, that's it. That's the community. That's the church. 
There's no global perspective when it comes to the worldwide movement. I mean, they're part of the greater Christian movement, amen? But they don't have this tie that we have, this bond, bond that we have as a Seventh-day Adventist denomination through the world. So I'm, I'm blessed to be part of that, and I love that part of who we are, amen? So we are a local community, and we're a global community. And so we started the year by saying that we love our church by connecting to people, by the way, again today we will have, and please don't go without doing this, we, we have this meet and greet that has started in our church. And so after the church, we have not prepared a full blown out dinner for you, but we have uh, some odors and some things that you could come and share, maybe uh, get a little bit in your belly and share with some people, right? And, and meet us and meet uh, each other. And so we're going to do that in the fellowship hall right after this. So we got to connect with people. So if you want to love the church, you got to know somebody. You got to go beyond just coming, sitting in the chair, and going out like the Lone Ranger and live your life alone for the rest of the week. Amen? That's number one. Otherwise, you're not loving anybody. You're not loving the church. Isn't that like common sense? Right? And so, so you got to love your church, the church. You got to love your church by connecting. Then what else you remember we said about that you love your church by not only connecting, but the next step that we talked about. We have even guest pastors coming out and talking to us. What was that about? Anybody remember? The next thing is by Anybody? Marcia, I know you're trying to remember, Marcia. <laughs> Help me out. Sh Sherry was last weekend. Yeah, that's right. So by sharing, is, it's, it's the other part, but I was trying to do it sequential like we did. We did by service, service. There you go. We're participating. So not only you connect, but you need to find a way to serve. And listen, that is just so crucial and so key for your spiritual growth, for what God wants to do in your life. That is like number one step is you got to connect. You got to connect to the pastor or somehow or somebody here. You got to connect with somebody and, and connect with the community. And then you got to find a way to serve because God's purpose for your life is that you will become involved and help someone or help a community and be part of what God is doing in this place and in your life that you share that with us, amen? So we serve, whatever it is. And I know I'm looking at some of you, and I know that you're already serving. And I know some of you that have not made that step, that commitment, because um, you've been, you haven't been here, just new to us, or you haven't gotten that far. I want to encourage you that that's your next step, to connect, to serve, to find a way. And we will help you with that. Talk to one of the elders. Leave, uh, go on the, uh, on the website, universitysdaonline.org. Oh, I, I saw universitysdachurch.com. I saw that too. I got to double check if that is actually, in fact, a link for us. It is? We changed that then. Is that the new? Oh, well, thanks for telling me. <laughs> now I know. Okay, thank you, Mike. So our new name, domain, <laughs> is universitychurch.com. Oh, universitychurch.com. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> we have that in the bulletin. Have we changed that in the bulletin? We need to change that. Uh, the, one, the other one still works, I think. It, it still works. So if you, if you look, click on the link of the other one, it will work. But that's easier. Yeah, so universitysdachurch.com. Thank you, Mike, for changing that uh, and, and letting us know today, amen? <laughs> so we got Mike and, and the crew are trying to make things improving. So wonderful. Praise God for that. So you could go online. You could connect with us. You could talk about serving, send us an email, or, or connect with us. And then serving, we talked about. Then the next step was by giving, right? 
And remember, uh, Chaplain Davis talked to you about giving. But not just giving in money, but giving of your life, giving of yourself, and, and going beyond what perhaps some of us are. It doesn't mean that you're not giving. It's just that we need to get to the point where our, life, our lives are about giving, about giving of ourselves to God and to the community, to whatever God leads us. And then finally, what you told us to is that we need to share. We need to share. We love the church, and we love God by sharing with others. I, listen, I think, and, and this is, some people, and I got to be honest with you, some people think that, that that's not enough. Some people think that as a church, we got to be talking about the end times all the time and scaring people about what's going to happen in the end time. And it's true. We, the signs point that Jesus is coming soon, right? Amen? We've covered that. Last year we talked about end time. But even if you don't know anything about end time, listen to me now. But if you have connected with your church, if you are serving in the church, and your life is about giving, and you are sharing Christ with others, you're good to go. You say amen? I mean, when he comes, whether he comes next week, which by the way, is not going to happen next week, but some of you, some of people are saying it may happen within a month, whatever. Some people are trying to predict when God is coming. We know we don't know the day of the hour. Can you say amen to that? He will come whenever he will come. Amen? In his time. In the meantime, if you are connecting to the community, if you are serving, if you are giving, if your life is about giving, and you share, I'm telling you, you could take this to the bank, and this is what the Bible says. I'm not making this up. You are ready for the end time. Amen? So we don't have to go judging and calling the church out and saying, oh, the Seventh-day Adventist church is sleeping. Everybody's sleeping. We got to preach about the end time. Oh, all those people are going to hell. They're Babylon. Listen, the church is ready, amen? And we're saying the devil is everywhere. <laughs> I, I talked to you about that, that we like to see the devil in everywhere outside, but the reality is that the closest part where the devil is is right in our hearts sometimes, most of the time. So we have this vicious way of looking at the world and looking at the church and we go around judging and placing people in categories and telling everybody everybody's going to hell in a basket when you and I have opened the door of our hearts to the enemy I'm telling you listen if you don't know if I leave tomorrow if I die whatever happens if I can't speak to you or if you don't learn anything else in your life if you connect with the church if you serve in the church and you give, and your life is about giving and you share Christ, we'll see each other in heaven. Can you say amen? So I don't know where people get this. Now, the reality is that that is easier said than done. Because let's be honest, this is not news to you. This is not new to all of you, I think. It's not news to me either. And this is why as we began the year, we said we got to talk about this again because we know you know it. And most everybody that's been in church before knows it. The trick is, is that who we are? Just talk about bearing fruits. Because God wants you and me to bear fruits, amen? As a matter of fact, turn with me to John 15. And all, that, all this to, I promise, we're going we're gonna to get out here before the orders run out. <laughs> Actually, they'll probably be serving him now. So we'll, you don't have to worry about lunch today. We, we, could, we could postpone lunch a little bit. You come and have a little bit. We got for everybody. We got some uh, uh, shells, cheese shells, if you like that. But we have some carrots and, 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 and fruits and things if you're super healthy, which we encourage you to be that, right? 
And um, if, if vegan, I guess, too. But so come, whoever you are, and whatever you like to eat, I'm sure we'll have it there. Um, turn with me to John chapter 15. And so the, I, I, we've been praying together as leaders, and, and, and Brother Edwards, you know, he called in a, a fast and praying time a few couple of weeks ago. And so then the next thing that I believe the Lord impressed upon our hearts is that, okay, the, the Seventh-day Adventist Church has started the whole year from January 7 to January 17, praying for the outpouring of the Spirit in the, in the life of the church and praying that we will have, bear the fruits of the Spirit because this is God's purpose. This is God's goal for your life and my life, that your life will bear the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? So if we're serving God, if we're loving the church like I just told you, then where we need the power or how that's going to come about is through the connection with Christ in our lives. Can you say amen? How does that happen? How does that? I mean, I could tell you and I could find ways and videos and things to tell you how to do these things. But the only one who's going to make it happen and a reality in your life is whom? The Holy Spirit in your heart. Amen? I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what church you come from. If you heard it. And I don't care what preacher you heard it from, if you heard it, but if your spirit, the spirit of God, did not make it true in your life, it's not going to happen. I don't care what 3ABN <laughs> message you listen to every weekend. If the spirit of God is the one that bears fruit in your life, can you say amen to that? Amen? So the spirit of God. So we started praying together from the 14. We said as a church, okay, we couldn't do it at the beginning of the year. University and Windermere said, we're going to do it from February 4th to February 14th. And we finished right when the uh, Valentine's weekend is. You know, everybody's loving each other, amen? <laughs> so what a best way to love the church and to love each other and, and, and to pray. And do you know that this year, as we began the church, the prayer was that we abide in Christ. And so this 10 days from Wednesday night, there was a good group of us here. There was a group in Windermere. And then, and we were praying that this actually happens in our church. And some people that couldn't make it, I know they were praying at home. And so we started praying at 7 in the morning, inviting you to pray at 7 in the morning, at 1 p.m. and at 8 p.m. to join us in a conference prayer the next day, Thursday, the 4th, the 5th of July, of July, <laughs> February, February. <laughs> 4th just goes, 4th of July. Um, 4th of February, we started praying together on Thursday, Thursday the 5th. And a small group came online. Of course, we prayed at 7 in the morning. We prayed at, at 1 p.m. And we pray in the evening, the group that came. And I've been sending out text messages. For the first time, I said, let me try this out. Given that spring gives you free text messages, right? Unlimited message. So I think I'm sending out like about, I didn't count them all. But I think from everybody, from the two churches, I'm sending about 80 texts every morning. And it's all about reminding you for uh, what we're praying for. It's a long text if you compare it to other texts, but it's not long compared to everything that they say to pray for. And if you want to know the details of what we're praying for, you could go to 10daysofprayer.org, 10daysofprayer.org, and you go into resources, and then it gives you an outline of about three or four pages, including with quotations from Melanie White about the, sub the subject that we're praying for every day. But the overarching, the 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 main theme that we, the, the main theme that we're praying about, the main subject is that we want that we as a church, that your heart and my heart abide in Christ. Amen? Because if we abide in Christ, the, fruit, the fruits of the Spirit 
will come. Amen? And the fruits of the Spirit is the first day we started, the second day we started praying. The first day, so on, on Wednesday we prayed, Father, help us abide in Christ. The second day we started praying, give us love, true love, the love of God. And there's so many things, so many scriptures and so many exercises that we could do to, to pray for the love of God, which, by the way, Paul says, listen to this, Paul says that the love of God is not something you and I can manufacture. You get that? In other words, you can make it up. You can't even fake it. <laughs> the love of God, Paul says in Romans, that the Spirit of God has poured out His love into our hearts. Amen? So how do you have the love of God? Because of the Spirit of God pours it out into our hearts. So the second day we pray, first day uh, for joy, then, uh, no, the second day, the third day we pray for joy, another fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Another fruit of the Spirit, joy. That in spite of all circumstances, that in spite of everything that we go through, we can remain in the joy of the Lord, no matter what's going on in our lives. So we're praying for love, for joy, and then today we're praying for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to come into our hearts. So you see the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Again, turn with me to uh, John, and then we're going to finish there. And by the way, we are asking you to join us in prayer this evening at 8 p.m. That's still being made available to you. If you don't know the number, um, we'll give it to you before we close today. But come with me to John chapter 15, and this is where we're going to end today. If I could find my marker here. John 15. I don't know if you realize, but these chapters of John, the book of John, John is a little different than the other gospel writers because he seems to have a special relationship with Christ. I mean, this guy really knew Christ and he seemed to be kind of closer to Christ than the other ones, just in the way that he related to him. And it's kind of obvious as you read his writings that this guy really had kind of a special connection with God. So everything you read in John, is, it's all about, I believe, what Christ's heart is about what Christ wants us to know and really live out in our lives. Of course, that's the Holy Scripture. But John, in, 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 in a way, is just kind of zeroes in and focuses on the tr things that are really going to change and transform our lives. If we read John with this lens of, of, of knowing that he only gives us that which we must know and we must practice, you'll be blessed. And so in chapter 14 and 15, we get to the part where Jesus is actually talking to his disciples before he knows that he has to depart. He's going to go away. And so he's trying desperately to tell his disciples again the things that they must focus on as he leaves and the times that are coming ahead. And in chapter 15, he gets to this part, which I believe is kind of at the center of the, of the book. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that he might bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then he says, verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? You can't do Saturday without me. You can't do your job without me. You can't do family without me. 
No, Jesus says you can't do nothing. So as some people would say, nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything that you must do as a Christian. Listen, what does that mean? I was asking my boys this week as we read in some of these chapters, and I asked, what does that mean to you, abiding Christ? The younger one just says, um, this is his face, okay? <laughs> look at look, look at him now. <laughs> I love him. I love him so much. Uh, he's like, that he's the source of everything? That's a good answer, man. I said, yeah, that's true. That, and for his mind, I, I, think, he, I think he's getting it. Um, so I think you're getting it, Bubba. You're, you're, you're doing well. That Jesus is the source of everything. He says, abide in me and I in you. And away from me you can't do nothing. That means that nothing in your life is away from this relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. Do you know what the implications for our lives that is? Nothing that we do is out of the realm of connection with this love relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Your boyfriend or fiance is not away from that, right? <laughs> your dating or, or, or your schooling, your career, your pursuing life, uh, your job. You think you're just a mechanic. That's not away from your relationship with Christ. Somehow that has to do with your love for God. Nothing that you and I do is away from who we are in Christ. And I, I, I could read I could read this, but I, I want to, for the sake of time, I want you to, when you go back home this afternoon, I know this is what you do every, every Saturday you hear the word of God, you go back and you check out, make sure the pastor is not making up stuff, right? Or the preacher. <laughs> I, please do that. Um, because some guys will make it up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing stuff out there. People are just condemning everybody, and they're making it up. Because you got to check it out for yourself. So you go back in John 15, and you check it out. And you read the whole chapter and listen to this. It comes down to this. It's even outlined in a way. I don't know what your Bible divisions are or, or outline is, but in the original Greek, it doesn't have any divisions. But in the way, in the translations that we have it, they made it even easier for us to get kind of the main points. And so I have in my Bible, Jesus is divine. Followers are branches. That's the first part. Followers are branches. Up to verse 11. And then from verse 12 through 17, he says, the disciples' relationship to each other. And then from verse 18 to down through the last verse, 27, it says, disciples' relationship to the world. Now, listen to this. Chapter 15, it outlines all our relationships and how we must live in relationships. Listen to me. And I've said it before. <laughs> and some people have left because I said it too many times. <laughs> If it's okay, some people have left me. Some people don't like me because I said it, but I'm going to say it again. Your relationship with Christ, your Christian walk is about the way we relate in our lives. The way we relate to God, right? Followers are branches. This is the, the number one thing. You need to understand that your life is about how you relate to God. That's the number one priority. That's the number one relationship that you and I have to worry about. Can you say amen to that? The number one thing that I worry about in my life is that I am okay with God, that God is okay with me, or He's always okay with me, that I'm okay with God. Amen? So to realize that I am connected with Him, that's the number one. Then the second relationship is that it says disciples' relationship to each other. That is the relationship to the others around the community of Christ. Hello. 
Abiding in Christ means that you connect with God first, reach up. Some old preacher in our church that was kicked out a while back, he was saying it simply. He says, reach up, reach across, and then he said, reach out, which is the third relationship, which is the relationship to what? To the world. Listen to me. Your abiding in Christ means this. If you, if you, if, if you think, if, if you're still wondering, what does that mean, abiding in Christ? means that you need to connect first with God, Amen. Whatever it takes, whatever it will be for you, whatever that means, whatever method you need to find, whether it be, um, you know, listening to a podcast or Bible reading every day or digging into the Word of God every day or finding or praying in a certain way or finding a specific time, whatever it means for you or reading specific books that you connect with God, that the number one relationship that you and I need to maintain is our connection to the Almighty God. Can you say amen to that? But then the second relationship, and this is not apart from that. This is one and two and three. It's like, it's not either or. This is not that you connect with God and then you're good. No, because the second relationship is that after, or when you know that you're sure you're connected with God, you need to make sure that you relate Him well to the others of the church, of the community of believers. Can you say amen? So we cannot have, listen to me, we cannot have within the church of God people resenting each other or listening to gossip or feeling hurt or making up stuff because you need to learn. Listen to me now. You haven't learned up to now. You might be growing too old to learn. And you can, you can, you can teach an old dog new tricks, people tell me. But I got to tell you, some of you who are older than me, who could be even my mother or my sister or my father, you still have not learned that you need to relate to the church, to whoever it is. Even those who hurt you, even those who are talking bad about you, you need to find ways to relate to the people of God in the way that God wants you, which is with love. I don't care if they hurt you. Can you say amen to that? So this bickering, this complaining, or this, that people are leaving the church, that people are complaining about this, or that people are hurting me, or they say this, they say that, cut it out. Stop it. No, we're breaking the church because you and I, the people are not breaking the church. The enemy is breaking your heart because you are allowing the, whatever it is, the spirit of the enemy, to get into between the relationship between you and John. John, no matter if I don't like your bald head, I got to love you, man. Don't worry, I'll get there. <laughs> you see this right here? I used to have beautiful hair a long time ago. Actually, I was checking out a Facebook picture they sent me out back when I was in college. A lot of hair, man. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> Listen, man, I love you. Don't matter what. Hey, if the wife's not going to stick up for you, he'll stick up for himself, right? <laughs> it's true. Bold and beautiful. Listen, man, we got to love we got to find ways to relate to each other. Get past that, whatever it is. I don't know what you're holding on to, but it's about relating. And again, this is not either or. This is you connect with God, then you got to connect with me in the right way. Otherwise, your connection with God is not working as well as you thought it did. Hello? <laughs> because if you're going to hate me, and first John, listen, read the Bible. I just say that. Say, if you hate your brother that you've seen, John says, you're lying if you say that you love God. Hello. He calls you out. Not me. He said, if you say that you love God, but you hate your brother, you, you're lying. Sometimes it's not even that far, sister. It's not from hell. <laughs> Sometimes it's from my own hearts and our church. It's happening here. 
It's not happening in hell. It's happening, I, I mean, I tell you, the church is being divided, and it's true, by the enemy. There's people leaving the church, taking, forming their own groups outside of the church because they're complaining and hating everybody, and they haven't found ways to connect to each other in the way that God wants you to. So if you've got to connect with God, you connect with him first, then you've got to connect with each other in the proper and the loving way that God wants you to. But that only happens if you connect with God. And then the final chapter or the final part of this chapter, and, and, and I'll say this, and, and <laughs> I promise I'll, I'll wrap this up. We prepare lunch for, I mean, kind of outdoors or, or meet and greet, so that's why we're taking a little bit extra time here. But the disciples' relationship to the world, this is what Jesus says. I, I just wanted to read the one verse for you. He says, verse 22, if I had come and spoken to them, they will not have sinned. But now they have not excuse for their sins. This is talking about the world, those who rejected Christ. He who hates me, hates my father also. If I had not come, I have done among them the works which no one else did. They will not have sinned. But now they have both. They have seen. They both have seen and hated me and my father as well. Verse 25. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in in their law. He's talking about the people of Israel, by the way, right? They hated me without cause. Verse 25, then he says, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And listen to this, and you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. So the final relationship that you and I need to focus on to abide in Christ is to love God, to relate to each other in love. And then he says that we're supposed to testify to the world amen that we will testify he had he has testified to us and now we become witnesses or testified of God to the world and again he says the world hated him but he says you and I must become witnesses to the world so our relationship to the world is one of seeking the world to let him know about Christ find ways also to connect with those out there you can't claim and listen to me now you cannot Again, I, I, I hope you see how basic and how essential this truth is in, in chapter 15. Again, I know you're going to go back home and read it again. You connect with God. You connect with the church, with each other in love. And then he says you got to connect it to the world in ways that will be testifying to the world of who Christ is or what he's done in, his, in your life. Amen? And it's not either or. It's not that you do one and forget about the other two. It's that you are doing those three all the time because this is how you abide in Christ. This is how you... Continue your growth in Christ in your life. Just, just yesterday, uh, we're about, I'm, I don't know how many of you know, but uh, I started um, in the reserves, the National Guard for the Army, doing a chaplaincy uh, program. And, and it was, yeah, thank you. It's, it's been an honor. It's been, it's been a blessing just to see this opportunity of ministry that God has given me. And I started pursuing this because, I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest with you. I was spending so, all my time in dealing with, the church's problems and people in the church problems, that I think, honestly, I was losing sight of my relationship to the world. Because a pastor and a leader in the church could spend all his time focusing in the people of God, and sometimes it's, it's challenging that you forget that we have this third relationship to the world. And yes, in a way, you move your church to go out there and to do what God is 
wants you to do, and that's great. But so God opened this opportunity for me to go out into the world of the army, which is totally new to me, by the way. I never, I, I, when I was 17 years old, you know, I just, I didn't even think. I'm like, I'm not ever going to do that. But little by little, the Lord opened the door, and here I am. After a process of a year and something, uh, I went before the board of, there was a couple, few important military people. I didn't even know what the ranks were, but they were there. And, and, you know, they interviewed me. And as they swore me in, I realized that the Lord really has opened this door for me to minister away from the church, into the world. And I tell you what, I was telling my wife, that there are some good things that come with that. But what I'm really enjoying is the opportunity to just be in the world, away from the church. Not that I don't want to be <laughs> with you guys. But sometimes it just puts perspective into my mind, gives me a little break when I don't hear people complaining or whatever. <laughs> All they want is there's a need. And, and listen to this. So yesterday, I'm trying to come back. You know, I've been doing, we got this training this coming week. And so I was doing Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday I went back. And, and there with all the soldiers, as a battalion, uh, I'm part of the, uh, I'm the chaplain, one or two chaplains, because I'm being, I'm being mentored right now, going to go to for my formal training in this summer. So when I come back from the summer, I should be a full-fledged chaplain of the army. So pray for me. Um, and, and so, uh, but, but anyway, so I, I went there Friday, and the battalion of 400 soldiers are there, and, and the commanders and everybody, everybody's out there. They're doing this military drill they do once a month. And so... With the other chaplain, we have agreed that I was leaving, I was going to leave about six because I got to come back here, drive from Avon Park, bombing range for the Air Force, and then come back here and get ready for the next, for, for, for Sabbath. Um, and as we're about to leave, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting my mind all ready to go. And as I'm about to leave, then uh, one of the sergeants comes in one of the platoons and calls us to go talk to a soldier who has lost his grandfather. He just got the call. He's lost his grandfather. And he doesn't know if he wants to go back. He's really, it, it, he took it, took it hard. So he wanted, he wanted, they thought the chaplains should talk to him. And of course, now there's only one chaplain. There's two in that battalion because him and I are overlapping right now. So we both go. And I'm kind of sitting in, listening to what, how we do things in the army. But of course, the reason why I'm there is because they say, I have 20 years of experience in dealing with people of God. <laughs> so we sat in, we, we talked to, to this young soldier. And this is what he says. Listen to this. Not a Seventh-day Adventist person, by the way. He's out there in the world. According to us, he's out there in the world, right? Just a young man, about 20 years old. And he's all broken up, having a, just having a hard time because, check this out. He, he said, yeah, of course he lost his grandfather, he said. But his grandfather was suffering of cancer. Rather young, about 65, somewhere on there. He said, but you know, the thing that really got to me, he says, you know, the thing I'm struggling with, he says, is that I felt the prompting of the Spirit about two weeks ago to call my grandfather and ask him about Christ, if he accepted Christ in his life. And he said, I didn't. Well, the other chaplain started talking and said, well, that's great that you have that feeling and that you, you wanted to call. But I sensed that he didn't make the call. So I asked, do you make the call? He said, no, I, I didn't get to make the call. See, I'm busy, I'm going to school, I'm doing the army now already, I'm so behind, and so I never made a call. And he says, and I don't know what's going to happen with his eternal future. He was all broken up about it. And we were impressed with this young man, 20 years old, that first of all, the spirit, he's open to the spirits leading his life, amen? He felt the prompting, and he knew that somehow he's supposed to reach out, especially to his grandfather. 
but he didn't do it, and he was broken up. He felt bad, and so through a time of talking together, we shared that, listen, we commend you because this is exactly what we're supposed to do. You got it. We're supposed to reach out, even to our closer ones. You know, we're supposed to share the love of Christ, and we need to worry about if the people around us have accepted Christ or not. Amen? This is this relationship to the world that we must worry about. And I tell you what, I wish that some of, some of us here in the roster and out of the roster of the church, that some of us feel that pain, that broken up about the chances that we missed of reaching out to those who have not made the decision for Christ. 